Welcome to the Fangirls Podcast with Jess and Danny. I'm Jess. And I'm Danny. And we're here to claim back our power as Fangirls with one scream at a time. Let me hear you fangirl. Okay, Danny. so this week we're doing all things girlhood. I'm really excited for this one, Jess. <laughs> Good energy. <laughs> I'm actually, like, I'm genuinely really excited for I this know. one, though. <laughs> you have just so totally gone off on one on the research Yeah, I'm a little bit overwhelmed, if we're I'm okay. honest. We're okay, we're okay, because everything that I think I've researched anyway is stuff that you've been bringing in and out so it's not gonna yeah you've just done a very good job of actually bringing it all together and, and making yeah. a lot of sense it's, of it it's just whereas... on paper that's not the only difference yeah. <laughs> it's also in your brain and I'm not sure it's the mine <laughs> so girlhood at the moment we're seeing a massive commercial trend all things girlhood yeah and really pushing <laughs> women about a hyper feminine quite youthful aesthetic um, but definitely promoting it to adult women oh, not yeah, children yeah. Um, so it came from a place of the Olivia Rodrigo album um, we have seen it kind of reoccur from that we've seen all the nice pink bows and um, yeah lots of frills lots and... of frills yeah. and it's been I think the music culture at the moment is really pushing for girlhood aesthetics yeah um, and then with that I think I I think especially the TikTok market has Mm -hmm. been really using that as a form of capitalising on a particular audience. Yeah, and we see a lot of trends coming through TikTok as well and things like girl dinner and girl math. Yeah. And there's all these sorts of things that just focus on what it is to be a girl and not Mm. a woman, which I think is quite interesting. It's very interesting. So I just wanted to touch on, before we move into like explaining what girlhood is, I think it's kind of really important to start thinking about where it began. And I think girlhood, we can call it other things as well. Like we can call it teen culture. Mm-hmm. It's obviously particularly targeted at girls. We could also look at it being bedroom culture and yeah. culture that ha- takes place within the bedroom but it's still active consumerism. Yeah. Um, I think this is a big one for young girls. McRobbie and Garber wrote an, uh, a chapter called Girls and Subcultures and they actually identified that four subcultures, men associate with subcultures on the street, girls associate subcultures yeah. in the bedroom. It, it's really, it is really, really mm. interesting, that bedroom culture. I think particularly when we think about it in the context of fans as well. Yeah. You know, our earliest fan space it starts in the bedroom it's going to be the bedroom yeah it starts yeah. in the bedroom i remember having a massive twilight folder of like diy collages yeah and director cuts and texts and magazine articles my room was just covered in m&m posters yeah like i remember that being everywhere and then yeah just any kind of anything that I could collect really yeah. I found like a lot of like postcards and old pictures Aww. from like I don't know it must have been like Cosmo Girl or something the other yeah. day that was all like these teen heartthrobs so I my bedroom was covered yeah. in posters I used to get the Bratz magazine a lot 
Yes, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a really good, that was an interesting read, was it? You just it was sit smashing. Down on a Sunday morning and <laughs> bit of brats. <laughs> um, but what I think is really important to know, and what a few people have commented on this as well. So yes, girls are associated with bedroom culture. This has kind of helped commodify girlhood, the beginnings of that. Yeah. Um, but it's very much connected to the domestic sphere. Yeah. And not attaching men to the domestic sphere. Yeah, I like that. I think I don't know if I'd necessarily I considered it that way as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's um, it's interesting. Okay, so with girlhood, youth culture in general, we're looking at something happening post World War Two. Yeah. That's when youth culture started to begin. Um we they do actually argue that it started in nineteen thirties, but only for oh, okay. upper class girls. Oh that makes sense. Yeah, so it was seen already like the pink collections um, like articles, yeah. like images. You have um, so much knowledge on this. <laughs> I really like, I like the history of it. It's so interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, it was only upper class. So then we go into World War Two, um, And this is the start of suburban homes yeah. as well. It's obviously a very, we're talking very much an Americanized culture here. Yeah. Um, so this is the start of sub- suburban homes. So now we're having middle class and working class. Families. Oh my god, my yeah. brain was just like, there's got to be an example in pop culture that explains this. And it is definitely in Greece, isn't it? Where she's like, um, they all go and they like, oh, I can't think of the scene. They're all, they're all in the girls' bedroom and they're having this sleep. Oh, uh, yeah. And they've got the TV on. And then she Sandra sings, D. <laughs> she, she sings Hopelessly Devoted to You yeah, 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 on a yeah. swing. And I'm like, yeah. yes, that is exactly where I'm picturing. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, 1950s yeah. America. Exactly. But this was the first time now that family members, individual family members, will have their own rooms. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. This is now the, like the individualization yeah. for teenagers so that's the part of that process and being able to take sort of ownership over your space exactly and be able to, to decorate the other thing yourself. that shaped it was this is the one of the biggest times that teenage girls were working because oh. they were joining workforces in oh, world war Two, yeah. so then they were having somewhat disposable income obviously to not like what we're thinking now that then they're generating it back. crazy that my brain has never linked. I know, it's that mad. women going into work at such a young age. Because we, we think about it and we, you know, we, we talk about it in terms of, like, obviously when men went off to fight the war yeah. and women went into the factories. It never occurred to me that suddenly that's how we kind of start seeing, like, a financial freedom yes. of young women. Yeah. It's almost like a major part of the story that I feel I've been missing. I know, it's crazy, isn't that it? That is crazy. It's, it is really... And this it's really interesting because it goes back to purchasing power and this idea of what we were saying... But this is very much about new consumerism for women. And we're now having this market that's slowly building and finding new tactics. And it's moving faster and faster and faster. And the trend cycles are going quicker and quicker because they're really trying to think about how to catch women as target market audiences right now. Well, this is Um, also one of the criticisms of the mob wife aesthetic. Yes. Which I know we love because we're massive lovers of leopard print. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of discourse in the last like week or two that is like these fast fashion places are just trying to flog winter coats before the spring. And I thought, oh, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. I hadn't really thought of that. Um, But again, no no sooner are we talking about this trend that there will ultimately be another one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're starting to see like 
bedroom culture girlhood starting to develop we're then going to like the waves of fandoms so Frank Sinatra was the first yeah. for fangirls um, that was the first commodified what were they called? Um, they were called bobby sockers ah right okay. like the little socks with frills yeah. on them so they were named after that and they were all called bobby perfect sockers perfect as a symbol of girlhood I know you'd think it'd be like Frank's girls or I don't know something I like know, that in my head it's I was bobby thinking sockers. Frank's girls I know it's, like, it's Frankie girls <laughs> and I'm like is it it's no, maybe not. it's Harry's I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry's girls yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we go into like Beatlemania and so on so on so on so we're really starting to get in a cycle of like fandom culture what was really interesting is by the 60s america had worked out that women were such a massive role in consumerism that they then created an entire media circuit and directed um female-based consumer research just on girls on teenage girls and turned it into a multi-billion dollar industry by the 60s not to give another reference but have you watched mad men because no, I have Oh my god, that provides so much insight into Ooh. like the early days of marketing. Like, obviously, it's not a documentary. It's based on Don Draper, who's this okay. um, uh, ad executive on Madison Avenue. So that's why they're called Mad Men. Oh, okay. So Madison Avenue men of marketing, whatever. Um, and actually, it so it starts in the late fifties and goes into the sixties over the I think maybe like three or four seasons. It's so good. Like, yeah. It just if you look at themes of like class, uh, gender, uh, race as well, Ooh. because there's a lot happening in American history. But they are on the forefront of building these brands and building these products yeah. that are almost like have been mythicized. I don't know if that's a that's yeah a, the right word, but um you know even like the introduction of what is it called? Um, oh, it's like a deodorant. Uh, okay. What it's called? And they're like, well, women have perfume. They don't. They don't need this product. Okay. Well, actually, now you can. You can sell to women. Yeah. Well, it's the same or, with razors, isn't it? They, yeah, they yeah, weren't exactly selling. The, yeah. They weren't selling a lot of razors. So then they were like, let's make it pink and sell it to women Honestly, to shave their leg hair. It is. It is fantastic, especially <laughs> when we're like, when we're focusing on that era, when we're looking at what we sort of know to be like marketing now mm. or the the birthplace of the, of that marketing anyway. But That's yeah, crazy. It's, it's fantastic. So with girlhood, we've kind of been figuring out how to start identifying what it means. Yeah. And we've kind of hypothesized from our research, <laughs> like three different discourses. Yeah. Um, so basically what we're going to do over this podcast is we'll go over each discourse and give a bit of context share some of our experiences just to like contextualize it um but it'd be cool if you could like think about what you think of these three different discourses the experiences you might have had that link to each of these three things that we think could make up yeah. what girlhood is um so discourse one we've got that as a nostalgic value yeah so in the sense that women are growing up because obviously yeah. we're talking about girlhood now being targeted to older women, not oh, yeah, children. Yeah. It's it's our age, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And we're, we're like this return to girlhood. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, mindedness of girlhood. Yeah. So we've got this idea; it's nostalgic value. Yeah, but it's coming from a place maybe, and we're going to this in a little bit more in a second. Of um, are we reclaiming girlhood? because we lost it mm-hmm. we were stripped from our girlhood yeah. and had to mature faster into adulthood yeah so this is like a re- like reclaiming that back um second discourse we have like more of a community value so it's just about lived experiences of yeah. being a girl um and experiences that like uh, men wouldn't have as much but like yeah shared social behaviors practices yeah 
um, things like that. This is where I think like girl math, girl dinner, yeah, they belong in this kind of discourse. But again, we'll go into that in a second. And then the final discourse is the actual commercialization of girlhood yeah. and it being like more of a marketing tool mm-hmm. to facilitate the selling of certain products, like cultural assets, texts, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I realised I was nodding along with you and not actually saying yes. And then, like, halfway through, I thought, oh, we're still on a podcast. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> the commercialization of girlhood. And I think that we um, can all fall sort of trapped to yeah. as well. Um, and how those really transformative early experiences are now being used to exploit us for capital gain. Yeah. I won't go too much, but it's, the commercialization is really interesting because I feel like when we were girls, mm-hmm. it was hypersexualization of girlhood. Oh yeah, like oh, I had yeah. Playboy bunny crop tops. Like yeah, it's and now it's all about well, innocence. That's so interesting. It's all yeah, about the innocence of being a girl. I, like it's such a different. So we'll go into that in a second. Like yeah, but that, it's it that's it's a very interesting difference <laughs> between what I identified my girlhood being to what they're yeah. now selling us. Yeah, because I did not wear bows and no skirts. I was not a very. And... Oh, I've said this before. Like when I was younger, I completely sort of um, what's the word? Like sort of denied my femininity mm. and sort of really struggled with things that were prescribed as being sort of like girly and four yeah. girls and felt a sort of frustration as in like, I know I want to climb trees. I want to go on yeah. my bike. I really love music. Yeah. But you've given me a Barbie doll and it's just going to sit on a shelf because yeah. that's what a Barbie doll does. I yeah. Do and I think that. this is interesting because I think this has been like kind of an ongoing online argument about girlhood. Like, yeah. is it, does it make us multifaceted feminists thinking about hyper femininity and still embracing that and still being happy yeah. with that and not having to challenge that to show that we're authoritative or that we have value or like yeah. we can still be feminine and be all of those things as well and then the other side of it and this is coming from the polyester podcast and a few other people have commented on this of like when well, now we're like infantizing grown yeah. women therefore devaluing them once again but then so, there's still this idea that there's something wrong with girls yeah you know that there's something inherently bad or you know we, we might use words such as like weak as well about it yeah like, or vulnerability like all those things apparently that's what girls are yeah and no, one no they're not but two we don't view men in the same way oh no 100% 100% it's yeah, the things that they like at a young age, perhaps that follow them into adulthood, don't automatically sort of render them less than because mm. it suddenly isn't a sign of their, you know, quote unquote manhood. But this yeah. idea of like if it's something that you liked as a girl, you know, suddenly yeah, then it's we're bad. suddenly yeah, which is really interesting because yeah, polyester podcast they were actually saying okay, so if grown men still grow up to like wrestling football collecting yeah. action figures or doing gaming it's not infantized it's just no, like it's oh that's it's a grown men hobby and but if we were to and do also, the same thankfully now we can sell them all these products with all these <laughs> yeah. brands on them brilliant now now everybody knows where to get them for christmas and not just a link set um yeah but like and then it, when it comes to us if we continue to like those things we're definitely devalued and infantized and yeah it's sold us um being less mature and having less emotional maturity um so what if i collect mini mouse brushes <laughs> so what let me live yeah just let me live <laughs> just a on accent but i'm continuing yeah <laughs> um cool okay so let's start with discourse number one 
Nostalgic value. Nostalgia. 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 (laughs) Um, I really like discussing this. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, as you said, with sort of reclaiming that girlhood and a return to girlhood because our girlhood was sort of stripped from us. Yeah. Um, This idea of, like, women growing up sooner quicker mm. than their male counterparts mm. we we talk about this a lot sometimes they say like oh you know girls are just more mature than boys and it's well actually no because there's a level of parentification that's happening there there's a level of um responsibility that's placed on children at a young age yeah and i think it needs to be noted like from an in- intersectional perspective as well that actually that is an even lower age yeah for um for black children mm-hmm. as well so this idea of like you know when they say kids being kids it's like you have to let them as well i certainly feel like i am now in a place where i have all my same interests but i suddenly have grown-up money yes so i can go and i can go and play yeah i can actually go and do the things that perhaps was missing from my childhood Mm. to get a little bit deeper we i come from a rather low socioeconomic mm-hmm. background there wasn't much money for like disposable there, wa- there yeah. just wasn't so the things that i get to experience now as an adult through like my own work yeah. and the wage that i earn yeah the actually the first adult purchases i've had are disney trips yeah like that's that's where we've decided to go and not thinking about it at all it's just somewhere we were drawn to go yeah um and somewhere now that we return back to because yeah it's become it's become nostalgic it's Mm. become this place that we get to relive um some of the things that were stripped away yeah childhood i think we came from a working class background um i remember maturing like emotion like i'm faster like i had more responsibilities yeah Plus, I was working a lot as a teenager, right, too, okay. and performing a lot. Um, so I think, yeah, I definitely, like, emotionally matured <laughs> faster than a lot of yeah. my classmates and other girls. I'm the, or... I'm the firstborn sister. Yeah, me too, yeah. Just, so you know what it's like, what... yeah. You know what <laughs> it's think, like. And it, that, I don't think it's intentional. No, 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 I no. I think no. It's, it's something that we, can, we continue to see through generation and generation yeah. and generation. Um, and I definitely you think have to be, about making adult decisions when yeah. I was too young to understand. You have to be quieter. You have to be good. You have to be. You have to be good. You have, you have to, to be, be good. a good little girl. Yeah. Don't cause a fuss. Don't. Yeah. Don't cause a fuss. Don't make a big deal. Don't. I want. I. I definitely got told off for I wanting a lot. Oh my god. See. It'd, it'd be constantly, and then I, which was really weird, because then I got. I think I definitely grew up resenting my younger brothers because my mum and dad would eventually get a little bit more money and be like, yeah. oh, we're doing, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You, you never grow up with the same parents <laughs> as your siblings. I know. Like, yeah. But no, I definitely yeah. They remember no I wanting. Got to be good. Got not necessarily wasn't quiet, but it, it's kind of quiet in the sense of like yeah. I didn't want to make any like you don't want to make any extra well, trouble <laughs> yeah I mean I have um, I have a really big family yeah um, and so you know there's a sense that while family dynamics are playing out you don't necessarily want to cause any more, more yeah. trouble as well so not saying I, I was think... quiet I was definitely not a quiet oh, no. child <laughs> my, oh my god I'm going to tell you this my nickname was Danny Bell in Every Tooth oh so, because I was so loud and they would be like you voiced like a foghorn wait Danny Bellend in Every Bell Tooth Bell in Every oh, Tooth oh that like, sounds I like have... Bellend in Every Tooth no it's just the Welsh accent <laughs> I think 
I'm like that's quite not, a child with not, that was yeah that was <laughs> interesting but yeah having a bell on every tooth so you just like I made a noise every time I opened uh, my mouth okay I was stressy Jesse. Oh, were you? Yeah. Well, these are such, we should Which get, every we should time they would tag. <laughs> every time they would say it, I'd cry even harder. Oh, no. <laughs> Which didn't help the name. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was God. just kind of a cycle of emotions. This has become um, a place where we can talk about our childhood traumas now as well. Um, While our parents are listening to but, it going, what else have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you told everyone. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So nostalgic value. So we're looking at girlhood yeah. being in the sense of like returning back to the things that we once enjoyed yeah. as young girls, having, like you said, more money, more leisurely time, now being in charge of our lives, if we can say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then getting to, to direct those interests and those fandoms into our adult life as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's... Um... I think this is a good place where we can sort of link it to the cultural theory that you've introduced me to. Yes. Which I absolutely love. It's one of my favourite theories. It's so, I'm yeah. so fascinated also, by it. Also, I'm really sad. <laughs> it's a about really it. sad theory. So, am I going to pronounce it right? So, hauntology. 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 Yeah. So, like haunting, like a ghost. Yeah. And then ology, as in the study of. Yeah. Ooh, so, okay. it's not the study of ghosts. <laughs> no. Oh, but it could be. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, hauntology. So it's this idea. Why don't you explain? You, you okay. introduced me to this. It's the idea that we have now... So it came from um, somebody, Derrida, actually explaining that we were being haunted by capitalism. <laughs> wherever we're, uh, Haunted by Marxism, rather, wherever we go, and we were living in a capitalist society. Yeah. He said it's a joke. He was just like... Yeah, this is a joke. Mark Fisher came along in the uh, early noughties and was like, nah, this is this is something. Yeah. You've started something here. And he basically identified with technology music. Um, we can no longer create sounds of the future or film aesthetics of the future. Like, it's just gone. As yeah. of the 90s, we have now created all of those aesthetics of the future. Everything else is just regenerating things of the past and making it look new. So, like, we use 50s ideas of the future. Yeah. We use 80s ideas yeah. of the future. you got just... June's just come out, and it's like a 90s, 80s perception of the future, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so he said... He's theorised that the reason why we can't predict these ideas of the future anymore yeah it's because we don't know what our future is yeah we have been promised an idea of the future yeah. meaning like the american dream or um space you know, travel space age yeah but just genuinely like the american dream like that we were yeah. gonna have better homes better vehicles a cleaner planet or we'll have more money or ha- yeah all of these kind of things like more family values and none of it's been promised um and so he kind of idea like identifies well if the future's lost if we can't think of it in a social economic yeah. state, we definitely can't think of it in a creative state. Yeah. So we just kind of rehash what we already have. We have a connection to nostalgic values because that's giving us something. That's giving us some sort of emotional yeah. connection. And you can see it in trends at the moment. So Stranger Things, Sex yeah. Education. Um, I think One Day's just come out. They all yeah. use older fashions. Naughties is back in at the moment. 87 like they oh, all I come back the into telly about, i just what the I, it's going too fast guys yeah um, but i was gonna say that what is it one day is that what it's called yes one yeah, day so that was a book and then a movie and now it's a tv yeah. series okay all right i think i think we got it <laughs> but like Soulburn, that's even like early noise that's what it's meant to is it I oh think, yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that, yeah it's yeah. early noise yeah so um, it's yeah we're having this thing where we hold on to the past yeah so i suppose in in terms of like how we think about the future then 
we're already in the future or the future yes. that was sort of promised yeah even if it doesn't look in its sort of ideal form mm-hmm. and then we are receiving messages of what our future looks like which is more political instability more wars more conflict yeah. we're looking at environmental impacts environmental being, crisis yeah, yeah we're being told cost that, of living crisis yeah crash of housing market we are being told that our future does not look it does not exist well it, <laughs> it doesn't exist does not it doesn't exist. look great it doesn't look great yeah. for us so i think and the bees you know, are dying the bees are dying. The bees are dying. Oh no, there was a there were, oh my god, there was a little bit well I say little it was a big fluffy bumblebee outside my oh. house. And it was it was too late. Oh so sad. That um, is sad. Yeah. So oh, on, on that <laughs> It's note, sad. Um so when we're thinking about like what the future was for us when we were growing up, mm-hmm. what do we do if that no longer exists? And so yeah. I think it makes sense that we want to return to this sort of era yeah. where we still had sort of like hopes and dreams of the future as well. Mm-hmm. And I think with that time in our lives, like of girlhood, of growing up, you know, it's such a fundamental part mm-hmm. of um, when identity making happens. Mm-hmm. So if we are looking to the future and thinking, I don't know what that looks like. I yeah. think it also makes sense to return to sort of like this this earlier part, yeah. this earlier girlhood, and to sort of reinvent ourselves almost into the adult that's going to weather all the, all the future storms mm. and, and crises and different things. Or, you know, maybe just shield us from some of like the trauma of what it is yeah so like a form of escapism yeah Yeah. but i think like so we just had mean girls come out we've had the barbie films pop out like we're seeing a lot of things be revisited yeah um that existed during our childhood which i think is nice for younger audiences yeah um those that have not necessarily been introduced to it in, in the ways that we were when we were younger but it's also sort of on the flip side of that it's also recently been announced that Disney has new movies coming out for like 2025 and 2026 and we're seeing oh I saw Moana 2's coming out Moana 2 is coming so they've got a live remake and they're doing Moana 2 okay Um, there's a Zootopia 2 coming out oh I love Zootopia there's a Frozen 3 oh my god I love Frozen and a Toy Story 5 oh god but that I, love, needs to I stop. love all those things. I can't. I honestly, I can't wait for Moana. I can't wait for Frozen. Like, I'm really excited for all those things. Yeah. But this idea of if there is no future, or the future is really bleak, and in a creative sense, like you were saying, we can't imagine what the future looks like. Then we also are playing it safe when it comes to like we know that these intellectual yeah. properties they they still work absolutely. So and so the movies are not taking risks. Yeah. It's it's called homogeneity. So homogeneity in the sense, obviously, the same thing yeah. being produced. Um, so when it comes to mass culture, it's easier to go, I'm going to produce a series of sequels yeah. or do a live remake or do a prequel or turn it into a TV series yeah. than actually have to generate new content. Yeah, That's I cheaper, it's, it's more affordable. So... They've got a market that's already behind it, so they know they're not going to crash and lose money. So we're kind of just in this, like the mass culture is just kind of playing that out too yeah, and going, we just keep repeating things. I don't have anything eloquent to 
to say other than I I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's really it does, sad. It's actually, yeah, the regurgitation of the same idea over and over again. Yeah. Um, and not even necessarily in a different form, just like almost exactly the same. Exactly the same. And yeah. I don't think that gives much hope then as well to young creatives that are looking to work in these industries when yeah. they know that potentially their ideas are not going They're to not turn anything heard, yeah. yeah not anything like fruitful and that yeah that i think that's fair enough um but yeah with girlhood so discourse one we got this idea of nostalgic value yeah. um so yeah i think we've got lots of disney films coming back out we've got mean girls barbie i think um we could the taylor swift doing a whole thing again yeah. I don't want to talk too much about Taylor Swift this week no, we have been doing it a lot a no offence to you Swifties but like we've got other stuff going on so oh, I'm sure we can Swifties as well, but... <laughs> yeah and do you know what though I do think the new Beyonce stuff going into country oh my god I think so this could be a connection to girlhood because she's from the south isn't she yeah she is a country girl like what if it's well, like some sort of oh like one it's a massive fuck you isn't it to white people for taking over country music like yeah, that's fantastic yeah. Um, but secondly, like we could like almost see this as like a a girlhood identification That's for Beyonce. Really interesting. Not to like yeah. shoehorn something in about Beyonce there, but yeah. maybe. But I, have. I mean, like if you can, absolutely do it. This is the place to talk about it. Um, yeah, I, f- I do. I find that really interesting. I hadn't considered it that way at all. Yeah, I really like that she is doing this country album. Oh, I love it. Um, and I just can't believe that some of the comments online were sort of I like, know. Well, you know, we we're not going to play Beyonce on country radio when you know can. Beyonce is not country and it's like do you know anything about the history of music it's like tell me you don't know anything without telling me you don't know anything yeah 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 and it's so good it's just so good Mexico's gonna tell me that Elvis invented rock and roll like (laughs) I mean people do say that that's the concerning bit it's like oh come on (laughs) cool okay so let's do discourse number two number two which is community and girlhood community and girlhood lived experiences well I think uh, do you know what? What do you think? Well, I was, I was just going to say, think, but... it's not what I think, but it's more of an example. I was okay. listening to, I think it was called Sip and Spill podcast. Um, and they were talking about, it kind of links to Discourse 1. They were talking about how they're returning to girlhood because they were teenagers during covid oh okay and they missed out on prom <gasps> they missed so out on groupings they missed out on like those big like friendship like all of that kind of um girlhood culture i didn't even actually covid yes yeah, so and now like people are they're, they're having to they're going yeah, back they're, they're like back. going back which makes sense because technically they are the target audience for like the olivia yeah. rodrigo album taylor and it's just kind of gone on and on and on oh, Jess, um, so that's broken, interesting you just broken my heart you mean i'm as a 36 year old woman i'm not the target market <laughs> Course damn the tar- i did think you was are the me. target market <laughs> <laughs> no but that's really interesting yeah i don't think i had considered we i think sometimes we either talk about the impact of covid like until we're blue in the face or we sort of forget that it happened yeah as well um and so yeah that is really interesting because of course like for them there is a new like sense a mis- of freedom yeah like I, I can't imagine being being that age and and having to go through the pandemic. Because mm. like I said, you know those early experiences when I was like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, um, they were transformative. They put me on this career path. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's, so yeah, it's a massive really fundamental, especially for like platonic relationships which to me yeah. is kind of the heart of girlhood as well it is based yeah. off platonic relationships i do think the issue with girlhood is based it is very much white centric 
it is yes it does accommodate yeah. working class but it is about having money yeah um and it is heterosexual it's about going oh you have platonic female relationships and at some point you're attracted to some sort of male celebrity and they become the object yeah. of de- desire about how you make your bedroom and the things that yeah. you collect and so it is things a, like it's that very much a certain experience of yes. girlhood isn't it it's not everyone's yeah. experience no. of girlhood but it's what's been advertised as what's as a universal sort of, yeah, yeah exactly um, which we know is not the case but yeah with girlhood you know there are socialised practices that we do that become yeah. a shared experience I think and I do think the girl math TikTok one is a really good example oh my of god this. students bring that up in class as well I just I'm, think I'm it's like, genius I'm like yeah. that's exactly how I work that, that is that is how I do I mean things. you literally did it with your bag didn't you and you were like I, I got Christmas money I got birthday money so I only spent 90 pounds I was like that is girl math you did girl math <laughs> I do girl dinner most nights as well I think just yeah. like whatever I can yeah again listening to a podcast and they're like girl dinner is promoting um, eating disorders again I can understand why somebody would draw that conclusion but again, I think it's really important, like the context in which this content is being made, yes, and who it's predominantly for. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be social commentary on. If anything, what I got from it is you have your plate. And this is definitely what I do. And you have like picky bits, and you got lots and lots yeah. of food. It wasn't about minimal food. You have lots of food. Yeah. Also, for it's just me, lots it of was, different things. I when I get in in the evenings, the last thing I want to do is cook a meal. Yeah, that, that's what they they were like. It's just lazy girl food. So for some people, it could just be cooking a bowl of pasta and putting cheese on it and calling yeah. it a meal. But yeah, picky dinner. What it actually screamed to me was less about promoting of eating disorders, but more about actually blurring. Um, neurodivergent traits oh okay and not like bringing which happens quite a lot like I don't know if there's a particular term for it but like washing neurodivergent experiences and like reclaiming it as something else Um, because obviously a lot of people are talking about what this is associated with ADHD and like not being able to and like just picking things and having different taste palettes because it's about the dopamine effect like all of these kind of things so that I think that that was an interesting yeah, trend interesting. i found it to be quite freeing in terms of yeah oh because i thought i was supposed to eat three square meals a day and I you're telling seen... me that other yeah. women are just opening their cupboards and seeing what kind of falls out yeah yeah because and I'm, it's okay i'm so acceptable yeah and the, but and why i can still have my shit together <laughs> yeah. you know why were we talking about this before because i just i don't want to think about those things for the longest time yeah especially like when you're working long days I can't think of anything. No, worse I literally than ate a meal. sandwich for dinner last night with pickled onions and oh, and fruit. Do you know what I mean? It was like I was just like I don't want to have a proper dinner. So weird. But like, when we were talking about food, the first thing in girl dinner was like I need pickled onions. <laughs> it's pickled onions. That's exactly what I think with a girl dinner. It's pickled onions. I have a little cut. I have some pickled onions. Yeah. Maybe a gherkin if I can get a gherkin. Oh, I'm not about that life. Oh no no no! <laughs> a nice crunchy gherkin. You've sold me. <laughs> That's what girlhood is. Pickled food. <laughs> pickled food. <laughs> we summed it up. That's it. And so that's the end of the podcast. Thanks that's it. <laughs> so all I can afford right now is the 39p oh, jar of pickled oh. onions from Aldi. <laughs> that is the girl dinner. <laughs> I'm trying um, to find anything that wasn't back on track. And I'm like, I'm looking at my notes here. <laughs> um, yeah. So looking at community values, we have girl math. Ah, uh, yes. Um, we've got things that really focusing on platonic female relationships yeah and no share so a lot of people also associating like walking home at the dark and having yeah. like a shared language of what that means and like leaving events together and 
which is interesting that that's part of girlhood we're even looking at going this is our girl experience yeah we can do anything and this is what we're talking about and we like but we definitely should we talk about the risks on our own yeah if cover your drinks yeah you need yeah you need to take precautions and you need to text your friends yeah um that's it's so it really is so sad i had two men drop me on the street in cardiff Mm. i was on my way to like a work event it was a saturday morning and we had some students that were working on it on an event and in cardiff literally like i parked the car and i popped into town because i had to pick up some supplies i can't even remember what i was picking up these two guys um just clocked me and started walking towards me and they both stood in front of me sort of like with their shoulders together so they almost like made like a triangle in front mm. of me with their with their bodies and i stopped and i said get out of my way and they were like why why are you being like that oh. and i said I hate when they do get that. the fuck away from me yeah and they took a step closer and i i just froze and i remember like watching other people pass in the street and i was just like stood there yeah um and i felt the, the most I felt upset about was that I clocked I made eye contact with an older woman and she just walked straight past me and I remember thinking like if you'd said anything in that moment it like been... it would have diffused it yeah. and then I screamed louder like get the fuck away from me and then they started like calling me like psycho and different yeah, things yeah like, that's always the one everything. isn't it and I was petrified I walked yeah. like there was like a poundland day I walked into the poundland and I was like this just happened like i literally was minding my own business yeah and they thought it was funny to like wind me up and just like stop mm. and i've never been like more terrified in my yeah. life it's this uh, and this is scary instantly people are like oh when we think about girlhood it's these experiences yeah. that link us together in girlhood the other one was like school uniform and being checked if your skirt yeah. was too short or your trousers were too tight i've got like quite big breasts i used to get told off all the time for having t-shirts that didn't quite oh fit God, and i yeah. were like and i wasn't allowed to wear a jumper so i always for, like, had as well yeah it wasn't really yeah but it was my i remember it was my bust and like having a like a gap and i used to have to pin my tie to cover oh, the yeah. gap because i couldn't they didn't have shirts that would fit. Men's shirts no, don't fit no. a bigger bust. Teenage shirts didn't fit. No. Otherwise, you're looking at really expensive shirts that for adult women, like it's more expensive than a packet of white shirts yeah, in Asda. Um, like having to kneel down to check the length of your skirt to see if it touches your Did you have knees. to wear a skirt to school? No. Okay. We could choose, but if our trousers were too tight, we'd get in trouble. Oh, okay. Because I remember my chat, like, yeah, they would pull you out and they would... They would line all the girls up and they would check their trousers. That's awful. It's weird, isn't it? It's fucking weird. It's like, get a life. Just get a fucking life. Yeah. Do your actual job. Our education system would be... It, like, it's failing. I just, <laughs> Do I just, something else. I can't deal with it because that is for no one's benefit. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not... weird. It's just another way to... to I don't want to say... Like, oh, it's... It's slut-shaming... It's, it's enforcing to be certain, dominant over yeah us. it's expecting women to be subordinate yeah, to patriarchal well, standards I and rules i just <laughs> i just don't have it in me <laughs> i <laughs> no no <laughs> i get so angry sometimes yeah and i have so much rage and 
like someone else said this thing about like having so much pent up feminine rage for the generation behind me and then I'm just automatically angry and I'm like you haven't actually done anything personally but I'm angry yeah don't I feel when you said that I felt that in my soul yeah I remember being at the dining table once and crying about generations of women before me. Oh, Jen. And like my and it was with my our family friend Alana. Alana was like arguing black and blue with me and she was like, This is not impacting you. Why are you getting this upset? And I'm like, We need to study feminism. <laughs> we need this. This was not my experience. It was uh, how old was I? I was like 24, 25, maybe before. Yeah. God, I might have even been a bit older before I sort of got no, 24 when I read. Uh, Caitlin Moran's book How to Be a Woman okay Um, and so she just asks and honestly life changing for me there's one section in it that says like um, we're trying to unpick all these ideas of what it is to be a feminist and why feminism is a dirty word and it doesn't mean man hating and she said there's like a quick test to find out if you are a feminist Um, she says one put your hand down your underwear and do you have a (laughs) vagina Two, do you want to be in charge of that vagina? If you answered yes to both of those, congratulations. I mean, that's still quite a cis-normative version of... It was 10 years ago that I read the book. So if we put it into a context of fourth-wave feminism wasn't in existence when I read the book. So from reading that book, I... I guess it would have been in its very early days, but it was from that book that I then went on and sought out information about feminism. And so now we have the version of feminism that we have today. Yeah, because I would definitely be like, I don't care what you have down your pants. You better be a fucking feminist. Reading that at like 24 when the the only messages that I had had up until that point was that feminism meant that you hate men. I can't believe that I ever really believed that. And when she put it that way, and I thought... Oh my god, that's that's me. Yeah, that's what it is. I remember growing up and um, choices. Like my isn't it? my grand my grandmother would say stuff like, "Oh, wait for a partner to do it," and I'd be like, "No, no. I can do it." My favorite. Like, I don't need to wait. I can do that. <laughs> I love my mother with all my heart. My favorite would be was when my mum would be like, "But I like having people hold the door open for me. So why would I be a feminist?" I'm like, "You can be a feminist and and, and somebody can hold the door and hold your bag for you. It's about choices. It's about agency, mother. If you're listening, <laughs> I'm pretty sure." you're a feminist (laughs) i think whenever i go off on feminist rants my mother definitely rolls her eyes it is hard and like i know earlier in this podcast like we really sort of like talked a lot about ourselves but the the early childhood pressures of being you know the eldest and being female and the like possible parentification and just having more responsibility yeah we we get to our age and we feel it's like oh it's still there of course yeah because perfectionism yeah pressure you still want to be a good little girl right yeah we're supposed to do things well and not cause a problem and not ruffle too many feathers and so and instead we, we fuck everything up and we put our revenge in this studio <laughs> and we but um yeah so uh, i think the community one is really interesting with girlhood so yeah we're looking at these shared experiences i think this is really translatable to fangirls just to yeah. bring it to fangirls because we're not really i feel like we went <laughs> a little bit far we away did, from fangirls but... it it definitely influences fangirls obviously um and i think for this one like those shared lived experiences yeah. heighten the fangirl experience we use girlhood as a form of communication as the fan in those in those spaces um yeah and then we kind of like 
the objects of a desire is the way that like, we like navigate the relationships itself like that's the things that bring us together yeah but i do feel like the relationships are brought together by like those shared lived experiences that yeah we can go oh i found this lyric really relatable because did you have this experience i had this experience and i think these lyrics are about that experience too like you know and then also creating shared experiences within the fan exactly yeah and then like that practice in the fan spaces is like bedroom culture and girlhood culture teen culture so then it's just like continuing on that i more make shift community spirit talking about these things like i'm just thinking back to my teenagers and like i absolutely like love and miss them like i yeah. think like when we were talking about community and i was like i felt like i was always trying to recreate the good old days but mm. that's what that is right that's that that's nostalgia that's what we're talking yeah. about that's the you know the, the thing that's think, sort of like binding us and yeah as a me as a fan really okay so last discourse let's crack into that one i think this is the big chunky one okay the chunkier one uh, we well, had such a light touch on the other two <laughs> yes it's so it's been very light um so commercialization of girlhood so like it's like yeah. moving out from a, like a culture yeah to now maybe a, like a marketing strategy and like, like that's yeah. that's kind of been the history of it anyway if i'm honest well yeah we have like the more community shared experience aspect of being a girl and that's that's just yeah. normal social human practices of being in the same area but with mass media it's now grown yeah, it's in size so, it's, so, it's just being sold back it's to now being it's changed into consumerism so now we have the actual consumerist practice of being a girl but that's and, what we talk about when we're thinking about like the exploitation mm-hmm. of young women of young fans yeah you know, taking something that we love something that is you know fundamental to us and our identities and it being sold back at us yeah or to us at a profit for others who don't have a stake in the game and mm. i think that's also really important as well um about sort of like who's who's selling girlhood to us so this yeah this is really interesting and i think this is why this is a really clever marketing tool because it is being sold like we're taking the narrative Mm. which in some case we have but obviously if we look at the history not quite because they knew we were a growing market and then this kind of trend came on right from the 50s but right now with tiktok as i've been saying like we've been saying right from the start it's new media people now get to create things so they are in charge of what's put out but so we're seeing tiktok and girlhood and things like that but it's so it looks like we are making girlhood and making it into a commercial product but like arguably it's the other way around yeah um but one thing with a lot of girlhood studies is the idea of hedonism i think that you say yeah Yeah. so like hedonism hedonism? i don't know how i said it could just be the welsh way i don't know h e yeah Yeah, hedonism yeah hedonism um so like the pleasure the priorities prioritization of doing things in life that pleasure you Mm -hmm. and like that becomes a main priority which arguably for girlhood is a massive thing and i think there's links to bedroom culture after covid as well like yeah we came back to the domestic sphere yeah like whether wherever you were like everyone came back to the domestic sphere yeah. so the products for living at home oh yeah went back up well i've said this it was during my it was during covid that yeah. i got into collecting and yeah you know it was the disney stuff and mm-hmm. that is that is a signifier of my childhood um it is that nostalgia and so a house that didn't have like 
a single Disney thing in it. Okay, all right, maybe maybe there was a plush <laughs> here and there that was like you know firmly sort of up the loft and stored away. Suddenly, yeah. I was consuming on end, and also it was being encouraged by the fan communities that I was a part of mm-hmm. because they were also in the same literally in the same boat yeah um or at least the same storm (laughs) um and so through connecting with communities who were like sort of collecting all these different things i sort of being encouraged more and more to do it but thinking about it you know all these community groups they seem to have a lot of links to like official sellers and there was a couple of discount codes and you know people from these different um stores would be posting in the group and it was just like it was constant that i'm seeing these products over and over again and it's not a it's not just enough to have one yeah it's like well this is the next release and then this is the next drop and you know once this one goes then you can't get that Mm -hmm. one back unless they reissue it and so it was just driving this (laughs) oh god i don't even know it was a, a mass fixation on trying to get as much disney bags as possible <laughs> yeah which is okay so again we're like associating the idea of girlhood and consumer back with the domestic sphere yeah. the covid had a massive cultural shift in that and going back to bedroom culture i think artists having nostalgic value for yeah. girlhood is then rebringing that aesthetic and branding um i do also think though when we look at girlhood we are typically traditionally referring to girlhood in the sense of young girls yeah and teens not grown women uh, I am quite fascinated in like the change of generation and maybe like less children, like less women growing up to have children or having children later. So yeah. the market is kind of like oh, yeah. maybe we've almost, yeah, we're, we're missing a large. Percent. It's like we haven't gone straight into being mothers. No, no for, well, yeah. So, Sorry. Don't be, yeah. <laughs> so we're like having a we're having like a a bit of a gap in the market so it's like okay so you, let's so see if we can need, sell yeah. this to women maybe i honestly feel like that's exactly what's happened to me like i don't have children i'm 36 yeah. what else am i doing with my yeah. time other than to use my so it's like so for, for example if we look at lego they're like oh lego's for children and now they're like oh shit not oh, all the seen how good that is. <laughs> <laughs> i know but now it's like oh you like it's like the the shaver right they were like okay not enough people not enough men are buying the yeah. shaver therefore we'll make it pink and tell women they now need to shave their legs yeah. and it's kind of like it with children products they're like okay not enough children and families are buying these products okay now the, let's the sophisticate yeah. them i say that with air quotes yeah and we will sell them to adults so now we've oh, got so flower bouquets for lego as if that's a desirable thing like it's not you, undesirable no they're lovely it. they're lovely on but brand with probably what I would buy for that <laughs> no 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 I get yeah like, yeah yeah I'm not gonna buy the what is it the millennium millennium falcon is that what yeah it yeah is? yeah I'd love the Hogwarts castle but <laughs> yeah I want the twilight set I want the twilight one I want the Disney castle <laughs> <laughs> but do you, like, do you know what I mean like we're doing it right now like they're just they're associations with childhood yeah. and like we look at the Barbie films Barbie has been traditionally for films now we have a new release of Barbie and it's specifically targeted for the mum in the film yeah, and for older women reflecting on yeah. being a woman and being a girl it's not for young girls no you know you're right like I wouldn't go and take wouldn't be taking my nieces no, to see it wouldn't Barbie be. but I was very eager to to watch and, and see yeah. um the barbie brand of feminism yeah um and it's it's a very different idea of what barbie was like we had 
Barbie and Rapunzel, Barbie and the Nutcracker, Barbie Swan Lake. She was just a, a princess. I had. She was a damsel a in distress. Who had her own beauty counter. Oh. And had a little till and had a little credit card that you could swipe. Oh my God. And let me tell you, I played more with the little credit card you could swipe than I did with the bloody doll. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that speaks volumes oh, for you as yeah, an adult. Yeah, that actually does. No, I, was, I was just thinking like, the mo- and it used to make like a little noise. Yeah. But other than that, I was like, what the hell is the Barbie going to do? But you know what? She's just, she, that, that was it in the film as well. She was like, I'm just here to be a Barbie and I'm going to dance around and I'm going to paint this dress with my magical paintbrush and then some average white dude would come in and be like i'm gonna save the day from some non-existing plot yeah um so it's really really interesting but yeah the fangirl central podcast they actually do a whole episode on barbie and they have like very very similar thoughts and it's really really interesting and they go into like how barbie is not what we associated with as a kid like she is not she's really naive she's a damsel it's not feminist whatsoever no plot line some guy just comes in to save her for no reason whatsoever when she could have probably been capable to do it herself are these in the movies yeah okay because i've never watched a barbie movie in my life but other than the new barbie movie before the naughty so i had a vhs one i had all the like naughties ones and all the doll collections like it was great um but before that i had a vhs and i think it was my mum's and it was um barbie in the 80s okay and she's an astronaut oh and she's um a global superstar she actually travels to space to perform live in space wow. and then she gets taught caught in the uh, a time continuum is that what it's in a in a in a wormhole and she gets taken back to the 50s right. and oh wow and it's like it's not the barbie that i grew up with like oh, <laughs> she was like everything in in a 40 minute video <laughs> it was amazing i mean i i don't want to use this term because i'm but like uh, I was a tomboy. Yeah. I mean, that was that was, that was it. Other than, you know, I wanted to be the Spice yeah. Girls. Every single time. Every single time. I just wanted. But I think um, the Spice Girls is a really interesting one when it comes to girlhood. Like I said yeah. earlier, it's like with girlhood, we've either got, okay, it's about success rates, success yeah. stories. You go do whatever you can. You're a girl. Or girl it's risks. Girl power. Yeah. Like, that is such a commodified... Yeah. Like, um, the Spice, Spice Girls had, I'm sure, good intentions, like, when it came to go, and then their marketing just went... Well, yeah, I guess. Because I wonder, did it, like, you know, like, holistically develop? Is it something that, you know, these women felt empowered to say? Or were I they told they to did. say it? I think they did. I never felt like it was, a like, a false brand. Of, no, but then and, it just kind of... As all things do, it just got Yeah, and you realise that people are really buying into it. Like, yeah. literally, like... And it's changing the ideology yeah. of the target market. And I think that has just shaped what we believe to femininity be. It's either something that is a success or it is something that is a risk. And I think that's why people kind of reject it and go into the tomboy mode. And then, yeah. um, like, if we go down the feminist streak of, like, I, I've got to be a feminist, therefore I'm not feminine. And yeah. the two can coexist together. And we see it in a lot of celebrity influences between girl power versus risks. Yeah. So, like, for me, a good case study was Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus. Right, Yeah. Taylor Swift is that golden girl superpower yeah, element. You know wrong. Miley Cyrus is the complete risks. People still associate yeah. her with drug taking, drinking, sexualization, yeah. and it's not to be Miley Cyrus. And you've got them both at the Grammys, and arguably, I would say Miley Cyrus should have got a damn lot more. Yeah, and they should get a lot more cultural relevance. Like they're, I think they're smashing it, but they will never have that cultural commercialization because they're not seen as a good girl. 
Interesting, isn't it? And especially if you think about Miley's early career, where she's yeah. Hannah Montana as well. And Hannah Montana plays such a massive part in yeah. like all girlhood studies at this point. I mean, we spoke about it the other way about how skull scarves are coming back in. Yeah, I, which is I love weird. it. Like, <laughs> I, it was mentioned, and where is it now? I know because it hasn't made the sort of it hasn't like, come back. No, where is it? I need it fully oh, back. I wish when I when I got up the loft to look for things, I wish I'd found my. I, I know exactly. Oh, where I had it is. so many. I'm really sad. I got rid of them because I loved yeah. my skull scarves. I really held on to that and I was like, do you know what? I think I need to let this go. I think it was when p- older women started wearing it and I was like, I don't think this is cool anymore. <laughs> older women I don't, me. <laughs> I don't think I look like the alternative 14-year-old I am anymore with my creepers <laughs> and my skull scarf. So I think it's time to let it go because... Oh the older woman was me because I was you were 22, I mean, like... You were like, ugh. <laughs> Which is really awful me because older women can wear skull scarves oh, no. and it's still cool. <laughs> no. Actually, as well, I mean, that's kind of a point. I think even in the last like 10, 20 years, perhaps, like in us growing up, there's less of a divide between like how we categorize women and the age. That's a good, that is a really good point with girlhood. I just wish we could tie it to something else. It doesn't mean to call girlhood. Like, we're not infants. We're not children. But there's nothing wrong with girlhood. I mean, I think because mm. we both listen to the polyester podcast. Yeah. And one of the things that Gina said was, like, I I am both a girl and a yes. woman. Yeah. You know, like, you can't separate the two because my early experiences informed who I am today. Yeah. And I, I don't... I don't mind the word girl yeah. I quite like it and also because we named it I think girls right like, yeah I feel like that's I feel like that's empowering yeah I just but I know that we've ch- we've changed our own perceptions <laughs> just no one yet but we I just there. I do sometimes get concerned like the infantization of things and like glamorising being an infant but you can't you can't win either way no absolutely yet. because yeah. if you were a mature woman then sorry you're too old yeah like if you've got your shit together mm. yeah do you know men just, don't want that it's just so interesting that now I mean it's such it is so essential to beauty standards because we're getting older and they're yeah. like you should be more like a girl yeah. when we were growing up everything was sexualized. like I was saying yeah. to you before like I remember it was Playboy Bunny things yeah it was we had to wear crop tops and like low cut jeans oh. it was about having the thigh gap it was about having um, like everything was presented in a really sexual your idols were nothing wrong Maybe with this, this but Britney and Christina who were quite sexualised and targeted to really young girls this and- is so interesting because like when I've talked about previously about sort of rejecting that femininity and only having sort that you know the Britneys and the Christinas of the world yeah. as like female role models and realizing that actually crop tops and low cut jeans do not suit my body size or That's, shape. Yeah. I did I completely rejected that sort of yeah. that femininity. And so I wonder if, you know, my if the things that I liked as a child, the things that I've continued to like and bring with me into adulthood is not just like a coping mechanism, a strategy, mm. a just like a decision. Like a layer of of, of like that is not the type there's nothing and I'm not saying this because I you know No but again like, it's not But I don't fit that mould. Yeah. So where will I find where, yeah. how do I find that? And this place? is you know what I'm sorry to bring her up. But Natasha Bedingfield, right? Okay. Jesus, I didn't listen down. to her. I didn't listen to her when it came out. I didn't listen to her as a child. It was wet. Can you do you know the film Easy A? 
Easy E. Oh, yes, I yes. do. Yes, she has the card. It's pocket full of sunshine. That's when I started. When that film came out, that's when I started. And I was like, what is this? And I remember not liking Natasha Bedingfield. And she was playing song and she was dancing. And I was like, this is really cool. And then I got the playlist from Easy A. Yeah. And then I started listening to it. And I was like, do you know what? I really like that character. She's both a feminist, really iconic, but she's also really feminine. Yeah. And it like, after that point, I was like, oh... I can be both. I can still like metal. I can still like pink. I can still like pop. I can... And it did like click something. And I think... Which is really interesting because... Have you seen the TikTok trend with girly pop and new metal no i haven't seen no that. yeah so it's like just people like and corn and they'll like dance to slipknot and new metal but it's like like girl dancing it's not moshing i say go like go that what does that mean what is that yeah but i don't know like t- like it's just like just bopping it's just like it's just it's just it's not what you'd expect for metal right and it's quite and it's just interesting to show like multifaceted yeah ideas of femininity and how it links to other yeah. interests and being a feminist and being a woman and that it's it's so yeah i'm kind of contradicting myself earlier when i was like i don't know about girlhood and now i'm like yeah <laughs> it's so multifaceted it? i mean this this the reason that it is so hard to unpick this is because how many different women do you know and they are not like one another but also are like one another yeah how do you sort of define what it is to have like a feminine female or girl experience yeah we besides the one that's been told that you've got to have by media yeah and you're saying about like new metal and then bopping um when i was at a gig on friday and i saw women in the pit i was one like fuck yeah and two i'm a little bit scared for their safety and i was like no they're fine got this. yeah they're fine because there was a little bit of me and i was like those dudes are being like intentionally rough like why are they gonna be like that i know and so do do my new thing is is like i want to explore why are men so aggressive in a mosh pit and where did mosh pits come from Oh, there's a whole culture of mosh pits, isn't there? There's some really good work on yeah, that. Yeah, I think I, I want to look. I want to look further. Okay, um, but yeah, that. I just yeah, I was like, I'm not getting in there. I'm gonna <laughs> be knocked over. Um, cool. Okay, so we've gone through quite a lot. It's a big discussion. It's a bit. I think it will be something we touch on again, to be honest, because yeah, it is like each of those discourses could have been a thing on its own <laughs> yeah um like it's Thank a really really big one for our first two hour long podcast <laughs> um it won't be our last <laughs> so let's do it real quick um so first of all we're having a bonus episode we are gonna do a bonus episode yeah we're doing episodes, episodes. we're we're saved that plural for another bit um I'm sorry it's my welsh list the, the the hint's been dropped um but yeah, a bonus episode next week, which yep. is just getting to know us. Yeah. Um. So we would actually love it. We're going to do a post, but we would love it if you could like send us questions that yeah. you would like to ask us, just to get a, a little bit more insight about who we are, what we do, fangirls. Um. Yeah. Just shoot away some yeah, questions. Definitely. Just ask us anything. Fab. Um. Okay. So final point then of the podcast, Danny. What are you fangirling over this week? Okay. Right. So <gasps> I've had a week. Okay. <laughs> um, I went to see Yumi at Six and Death of Anna. Yay. Um, at the O2, and we stayed overnight in Bristol. Mm-hmm. One, 
I love Devavana. I am like obsessed. I am like it's like I've heard them for the first time. I have not stopped listening to them. Yeah. Since we saw them live, absolutely love them. You meet six. Oh, I cried and I laughed and I smiled and I got Aww. very drunk and it was like I can't tell you. It was I was literally walking on air for like two days after yeah. I saw them. But I go back to the hotel and my other half like elbowed me and I was like what and points over to the lift and I was like oh, it's James from Death of and I I'm four pints deep at this point yeah and I got a carriage so I go up to him and I said oh my god we've just seen you we, oh my god it was like it was so amazing and I really loved the set and he was like so nice and he's like oh thank you so oh, much and I was nice. like oh, I really enjoyed doing all the new stuff and I loved all the old stuff anyway he goes <laughs> god, he goes to get in the lift and it was really small and he's like you're coming in and I'm like no I'll get the next one he's like no 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 come in so we're like okay yeah great nice to meet you we get off on our floor and he gets off on his floor <laughs> and then we go oh my god this is so awkward because we've said bye and he's like making a joke and I'm making a joke oh and we god. keep walking down the hallway in the same direction and I'm like oh this is getting really awkward now and so I go oh um do you remember doing the Merthyr Rock Festival like 10 years ago and he's like oh you're the second person to ask me that tonight and I said yeah um, I was your artist liaison at that event <laughs> and he's like no way and I was like yeah and he's like oh it's lovely he's to probably see like you. at this point like are you following me and I'm like so so something else gets said wouldn't it be funny if we're in the next room oh my god yes we were in the next oh room oh my god and I yeah. literally got in and I was like oh my god did that just happen but it was really really nice to fan girl out yeah. and just be like, do you know what? Fuck this. I am not going <laughs> to approach him as like, oh, dude, do you remember we worked together? Yeah. Just embrace it for what it is. I'm just going to be like, we saw you tonight and it was fucking amazing. Yeah. And he was so lovely. And I was like, I think I can do this being a fan thing. Yeah. It doesn't need to be anymore. So anyway, that was brilliant. Nice. I also went to see Andrew Shikari. Ah! And when this comes out on Thursday... I'm going to see the blackout in Cardiff. <laughs> you got one crazy mum. I'm having, yeah, I'm having a great time. That's great. With music. So, uh, what are you fangirling over this week? Um, what am I fangirling over this week? Uh, I'm kind of in a Sims mode at the moment. Oh, right, okay. I'm in a Sims mode. I'm like really living that dream. Um, what am I fangirling over this week? I'm going to take, I'm not necessarily fangirling. I'm, my current thing is I'm trying to be a fangirl of Sleep Token. Oh, okay. I think I'm going to get there. I think I'm quite enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I came out like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I have a really big problem where bads get too big. And I'm um, like, no. Mm. I don't want to listen to them. And Sleep Token was one of those bands. And I was like, no. So I just didn't. I just refused to listen to them. So now I'm like, okay, this is a you problem. <laughs> this is a you meet six thing all over again. <laughs> it is. I don't know what I, ha- I don't know what it is. It's like no, I. No, I understand it. I think like some of that is ingrained in sort of the culture of rock music yeah. as well, isn't it? And it's very weird. And sort of the and the great. Of, like, I'm really enjoying it. Different... Yeah. So I'm just. I can I... only listen to bands. No one's here. Don't. Yeah, exactly. I'm, a, I'm an authentic fan. Like I'm not a sellout. I don't listen to. Sellout. Oh, they're like, so sellout. Which is so stupid. Fine. It's so stupid. It's so I'm really trying to break that barrier. So not really fangirling. Learning to fangirl might be a better phrase. Learning the, to uh, fangirl. Le- both of ours was a learning to fangirl experience. Oh. Yeah. I love Cute. that. <laughs> Anyway, if you guys could let us know what you're fangirling over this week, you can leave a comment on our podcast. Yeah. Um, but also we'll do our weekly post so you can let us know anyway and we can share that with others because it's always nice to hear what you're getting up to. Yeah, sounds good. 
Nice. Okay. We made it to episode four. I know. This is technically the final episode. Yeah. But when, when, technically. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, yeah, everyone. Thanks, everyone. It's been really fab. And uh, yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye. Revolution, let me hear you scream. I want the contribution. We have power, so let's make a solution. Let me hear you fang girl, join the fang girl. Revolution, let me hear you scream. I want a contribution. We have power, so let's make a solution. Let me hear you.